Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Man, English lady was loud today. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode number 43, brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant out in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. thing I want to bring up about Sherwood Ford is they are a big sponsor for us at the Oilers Nation Open Golf Tournament that's coming up on August 29th. Tickets are still on sale for that. Daniel, what I want to talk about, though, is the hole-in-one hole that Sherwood Ford is sponsoring. Yeah, so brand new, just announced today. Uh, Sherwood Ford has stolen the keys from one Jay Downton, the Squire, and uh, they are now putting those up as as their uh, their big prize for the hole in one. So we're really hoping, genuinely hoping that somebody drains one on hole. I want to say it's like three hole three. Um, yeah, so they uh, if you if you drain a hole in one on that hole, you win. The nation truck is your is your truck from there on in. Does Jay come with the truck? Uh, Jay absolutely comes with the truck. He will yeah. be with a in a maid uniform. He will clean your house. He will cook for you. He's got that brand new barbecue. He'll wheel that over. He'll make you some nice dinners. He becomes your squire for the rest of the year. He'll he'll take you shopping with him. Get some nice dress pants or whatever Jay wears. Nice shoes. We go to Indochino. Absolutely go to Indochino. Boys, I want to start off this week's podcast with a very important subject. Um, kind of changing the order up a little bit from what we started post-show because I see Jason Greger just posed an, art, uh, an interview today with Dave Tippett at OilersNation.com. And there's a bunch of stuff about coaching, a bunch of stuff about video review. But the thing I want to talk about is when Greger asked him specifically if the tip stash is going to make a return this year. All of you know I'm very passionate about the tip stash. I think he is a very handsome gentleman with his, hang on, Cam hang on dear listener, I'm adjusting Cam's headphones here yeah. because he keeps Other way. Other changing way. the different knobs, he's Tyler is my, annoyed. turning my headphones off, he's turning his own headphones Tyler's off. Tyler's annoyed, he's looking around, he's like, I thought we were going to do this pre-show. Let's talk about Ogopogo. We can talk about Ogopogo. <laughs> Nobody give stash. Tyler a microphone. If you listen to last week's show, we're going to talk about hunting for Ogopogo later on. But I want to talk about the tip stash. Gregor talked about it. He asked him about it. And he said, I haven't had a, a stash for a long time. I think maybe the last year in Dallas was when I got rid of it. There is no plan right now to bring it back, although my wife actually liked it. Which, so maybe Mrs. Tippett can uh, help us get this moving forward. But I had a stash for a long time. There was a bunch of us in Hartford that we took our teeth out to play. So none of us had any front teeth. There was myself and Joel Quenville and maybe what? Dave Babich. A bunch of us had big stashes because we had no teeth. That was the cover-up for the no teeth thing. But luckily, I'm past that stage. I got some permies in, so maybe I don't need a stash anymore, gentlemen. Was it brilliant. Hold on. Was that a pact? That That's they all just brilliant. had their teeth removed, and then they just grew the stashes to cover it up? 
Oh, I love that. That's that a great like look. A well, that Babbage stash was massive. Oh, yeah. And I had no idea it was there to hide the fact he was missing his front teeth. No, I just thought it was a great look. So, so friend of the nation, Brad Stepanko, uh, approached Dave Tippett at a season ticket holder event and asked him this question as well. And he also mentioned the fact that his wife loves the tip stash. So what I'm saying here is that if Miss Tippett, Mrs. Tippett likes it, the fans like it, and he looks great with it, Tyler, what reason could he possibly have for not bringing it back? Uh, I don't know. But what I will say is if he had it before because he had no front teeth, maybe we need to send someone on a hit to knock out his front teeth. Wow. If someone goes and beats, if someone goes and beats the hell out of Dave Tippett. But I'm nominating Tyler right now to go punch Dave Tippett and, and try and see if that works. The out rest of us are sitting around the table. We all have our fingers on our nose tips. So okay. you Remchuk, you're in. You gotta, my first, you the first time I ever get accredited to go to an Oilers event as media, I'll just walk up to the podium and sucky Dave Tippett in the mouth. I'm just saying it team. comes out pretty easy. I don't know if anyone was watching the ESPYs the other night when Ryan O'Reilly yeah. got up there and he's like, hey. I'm just going to take my tooth out now Weird so it doesn't fall on any of the superstars right in front of me. But uh, I have seen uh, my friend Drake Kajula was taking a video once and his just kind of, it just fell out. It literally, I, he's doing like the reverse camera thing and it, if his tooth just fell on the ground, he picked it up, wiped it on his hand and. Well, I wonder in. like a guy like Tippett though, he probably has like the actual permanent ones where they screwed shit into his face yeah once your career is over i think you'll get the real one hey, he has the opportunity now that he's doing the whole fake teeth thing that he could just wear gold teeth yeah or just like a, a gorilla grill. general why doesn't he just wear gold teeth i wonder if he has different like that's would be a good thing about having the insert still rather than going with yeah, the it's like the color face. contact that's right you can so fuck you with can people with your color contacts you can fuck with people with your red teeth you just get a bunch of little led lights put in there and put out ad space glow in the dark teeth yes vampire teeth when you're feeling Risky. I think we got something going on here, guys. <laughs> I think the fans want Stop the, the tip podcast stash, right though. now. We've got a small business idea. <laughs> I think the fans want the tip stash, I think, is the general consensus. Though. Well, he's going to be forced to grow it back in yeah. November anyways. Yeah. So it's, it, whether he starts it or not, it will be there in November. And there's no way he shaves it off. I think the glow in the dark one, teeth so. are better, to be honest with you. I'd rather go no mustache and Dave Tippett doing glow in the dark teeth. I kind of like the idea of the glow in the dark teeth poking out from behind the tip stash. Well, though. no, if you just trim it right above the lip, you can do both. Imagine you got like the national anthem starts and you, you dim the lights in the stadium. Dave Tippett opens up a nice big smile and you just see this like glow in the dark mouth. Yeah, they announce him as the head coach. Your new head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. He's got a big grin and he's just got like blue and orange glowing shining teeth, teeth there. He's no, he's got to change every game though. Like so, game one it's could gonna be match like, his suit. It'll it, match his tie. Well, game one could when he smiles could be like Leon, like Leon with the fifty in it. Yeah, you know, maybe get one later on. It's uh, hope will never die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we can get behind this. The the third one just says the trap. Ooh. Loves the trap. Love the trap. And then when we decide who the answer is going to be next year, Dave Tippett punches someone out and they lose all their teeth. And he puts in fake teeth and saves the answer. So instead of a belt, they're getting a grill? Yeah, they're going to get a, the answer. Oh, teeth. this I can get behind. Since Cam brought up the answer, I want to uh, take a quick moment to acknowledge former the answer belt holder. Ty Ratty. Hell yeah. He had a couple stints with the belt. He had a couple of stints we with the belt. He was the, he was the he was preseason champ. Al Montoya was Al number Montoya one. Al Montoya was number one. Cam, run through the answers real quick. So the first ever answer, we were hosting our Oilers Nation Christmas party. It was after New Year's, and it was uh, fresh 2018. And we were a little lost in the sauce, and Al Montoya put up a big performance. This was recently after he got acquired against the Arizona Coyotes. And I said, Al Montoya is the answer. <laughs> and then you when, belted that out just mid party. Yep. When yep. it became very clear that Al Montoya wasn't the answer, then Ty Ratty got put on Connor McDavid's line and he started killing it. And then he became the answer. And then when Ty Ratty wasn't the answer anymore <laughs> and Alex Chiazon was on Connor McDavid's line, Alex Chiazon became the answer. And then for a brief moment, Miko <laughs> Koskinen was the answer when he started playing well for that two week stretch. And then it went back and forth between the two guys. Dan wanted Toby Reader to be the answer for a second. There was a there was a lot of guys in the discussion. That yeah, belt think... switched hands more than the hardcore belt. Well, the the new twenty four seven belt is uh, same thing. Is right up there. It's got like yeah. fourteen title changes right now. Do we All have right. any uh, guesses as to who could be the answer in two thousand nineteen twenty? I still think Sam Gagne is going to be fighting for it. I'm going to go like... ahead and say Joaquin Nygaard is going to be the answer. 
He's got those wheels, man. You never know. He just like they're gonna do that alley oop dump pass, and he's just gonna skate under it and like rip clappers from the hash marks or whatever. I like the idea of Smith to Nygaard like three different times. Maybe like Dwayne Rolson batting it out of the air style. But I think Marcus Granlund is your answer this year. I think Nugent Cassian really click on that second line. And Granlund, just like he did with the Sedins, rides shotgun with McDavid and Drysaddle and pops home 23 this year. Let's go! Wow, that is a bold 23. What is that? I'm very excited excited right now. Tyler's uh, gunning for the uh, Hockey Night in Canada replacement role. Don Cherry is coming back. So I like this. I like this call by Tyler. I just want to look at it a little bit. The most goals that Marcus Granlund has ever had was in 2016-17. While playing with the Sedins, he had 19 and 69 games. So going with 23, that's bold. That's more points than he had last year. He didn't have Connor. He didn't have Leon. He didn't have Nuge. It's true. But he had the Sedins. Oh. He had the Sedins last year and this year. Tyler, are you adjusting your total? Didn't have the Sedins the this year. Sedins <laughs> were playing. I know. Yeah, Marcus uh, Peterson and I just like Eric Peterson and Marcus Peterson and Adrian Peterson. Brandon Besser. Brandon Besser. Brock Lesnar. Anson oh. Carter. Brock Horvat. Why, how about how that about stopped, that stopped everybody in their like, tracks? How many how many players can you guys think off the top of your heads that have, have played play? that have played for all three Western Sergei Canadian Federer. teams? Uh, so Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary? Yeah. Like, Granlin's played for all three of them now. Martin Jelena? Granlin's yet Canucks? to play a game. I can't I think, think of one. I don't think Jelena played. I can't think Jelena, of did one. Did Jelena play for the Canucks? The Canucks? No, I don't think I don't so. Know. I know there's the there's only teams. a couple that have ever played for both Alberta teams. No, that's Steady what I mean. Like Steve Steos? It yeah, seems like a rare. Ladislav Schmidt. Because Calgary and Vancouver. Michelle Petit. Calgary and Vancouver did a, had been on a few trades recently. I was just going to yeah. say, German yeah. Titov, I believe, uh, played uh, <laughs> Man, both. that's a nice Paul. Thank you. Martin uh, Jelena did. Oh, did nice. Vancouver? Nice. Hey. Milk with the Jelena, big after his years in Edmonton, he played five years in Vancouver. Holy. Look at Migo. Oh. Migos. Migos? Migos, also a noted Edmonton Oiler. The other day on Twitter, I asked a question. Who is the greatest all-time Oiler? Chris Weidman. Brandon Manning. Uh, Alex Petrovic. Well, who's the other one I said? You said those three, but I, it said, was Kevin, three. I said Kevin Gravel's better than all of them. Did you throw out the greatest Oiler of all time in that tweet? Who? No, who's the best all-time okay. Oiler of those, of those three? three? Okay. What's your answer? Well, go on the good local boy. Go Petrovic. Nine I'm games, a, one assist. I think, I think I'm going to go... Um, <gasps> oh, I had Ryan Spooner on there too. Okay, I'm going to go Spooner then. Because he scored a goal at a game I was at. I think Spooner's revolutionary style of skating that's going to come along and actually be a thing in like skating four out there, years he looks from like now. a fucking Beyblade. He skates. <laughs> he skates like a bird would skate, and and I'm sticking with that. And I think it's going to be a revolutionary thing that we're going to look back on and be like, "Holy crap, Ryan Spooner was ahead of his time." I think you're going to post some sort of video to explain what you're trying to get at. Right this is little eagle turns. Because his his skates point out. He was shitty, Doug Wait. Remember that goal on Trevor his shoulder blades. Oh, I love that. He, um, coming across the blue line. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. His perennial skating stance January. is when like a D man is like pivoting, going to backwards. Yeah. His perennial skating stance is like when a toddler draws a person and his feet are sticking at yeah, ninety degree angles. He looks like a stick man. Penguin feet. That, yeah, that's what he does. Oh, I'm gonna go look for this now. You gotta check it out. It's it is something fascinating. I was gonna say I've watched hockey with you guys, and it's a lot more drinking than uh, it is. Uh, well, because uh, breaking down skating bag styles. Milk, so bag I think milk, I missed this one. Bag milk gave him the great name of cuddles. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of people were were focused on the cuddles more than his skating style. But I think we can look back now and say amazing skating. I'll tell you this though, I know for sure is he has a couple uh, DJ skills in him. Does he? He's got he he's spinning the ones and twos. He gets on the ones and twos. DJ Spoonman. Oh. Oh. I don't know the name, but I mean that was. You kind of have to go with that one. If he signs with the Flames, then he would have played for the Western Canadians. True. I think Sam would be the only one then. If Sam Gagne goes to Calgary, he'll be a, a three-time if Western Anson Canadian. If Anson Carter comes out of retirement and goes and to Calgary. plays for the Flames. Or Brandon Davidson, friend of a real life podcast, could go to Vancouver. But he just signed his, just signed his new deal. Two Rick, years? One I just year? Did that two one years. just for you, buddy. Thank one you. year? Two years? It's a one year. It's Would a that one kill year. Your side, 700, two way. No, I sat there and watched and talked to him all summer last year and uh, saw what it does to go the whole year without really 
the whole summer without having a contract. So the fact he's able to sign on July one is yeah, it's pretty sweet. Guy. I'm I'm happy for him. I'm looking forward to talking to him about it. Actually, yeah, doesn't have the stress that he had last year. No, he's a, he's in a, he's in a much better place right now. There's a word going around. He might be on real life next week or the week after, sometime in July. That is a, so. that's, a that's a good word. It's a good there's word. A rumor that going was around. One word. Just a little strong, little teaser. Just one rumor. giant word. Is that what they call Maybe on next word. That's a sentence, <laughs> Tyler. It's not a word. That's a teaser, as they say in the business, right, Tyler? Yes. <laughs> he says yes. He says yes. Um, I'm actually gonna take the rest of this podcast off now. I've had enough. <laughs> uh, okay. He First actually time. just checked out. <laughs> yeah, he just gone. laid down. He did. He just laid down on the couch. Now he's looking at his phone. He is not swiping on Tinder. You have a girlfriend, don't you? You're not swiping on Tinder. He's taking off his okay. shoes. He took off his shoes. The socks are off now. We're going to take some photos of Urem Chucks. If you follow Tyler Urem on Instagram, at Tyyar something, 89, you can buy pictures of his feet directly from his Instagram account. Go do you not, do you not switch up your personal and your feet account? It's on the same account? <laughs> That's really fucked up. See, Tyler's Ty eighty nine yar. Every time you tag me in an article post, I get so many comments or like follows and shit. And then you're welcome. Wow, but sometimes like, right? you're welcome. I need to go private. Maybe so this stuff's happening. Oh. I posted this nice photo of me, my girlfriend, and my niece. And some guy, <laughs> did, some guy comments and just says, "Bruh, nobody cares." Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> Is he following you though? Yeah. So he took the time out of it to some type this and follow. Jeff was just like, "Dude, no one gives a shit." <laughs> Didn't somebody else congratulate on you? Your account and he does, bro. Nobody cares about this account I follow. Thank <laughs> you, Jeff. Very cool. Didn't Shout somebody? Jeff. Didn't somebody congratulate you on your new large adult child? That was uh, as well. That was the real life podcast. I didn't realize it until after I posted it. Like, okay, so I tagged. It was a picture of me, and my girlfriend, and my niece. The niece is very young. Um, I tagged she my as a baby. Also. Yeah, it's a it's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but and then I tagged my sister. I was like, okay, well, people will know it's not my kid because I tagged my sister. But then that didn't do it. Like, lots of people were like, oh, wow, congrats. Crazy enough, people don't read the captions. Yeah, they don't. Very often. You actually think people are going to click on the photo and look at the tags? Just just that one dude that told you he didn't care. He looked at the tag. Jeff. Jeff Jeff hates babies, man. I'm going to go ahead and say shout out to Jeff. And shout out to Tyler for having a kid. That's very cool, man. You're very adult. I also want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant for making this all possible. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. As Dan mentioned earlier, they will be handing out the keys to the nation truck to a winner if you get a hole-in-one at the Oilers Nation Open on August 29th. Go sign up for a team at nationgear.ca. We are raising money for the Jason Greger Foundation. It is a great cause. It is a great day. It is a great time. And you could... Finish your day with the satisfaction of knowing that Jay has to walk home. And, and also, that's what really matters. And also, Bag Milk, if you don't win the nation truck or you just want to go and pick yourself up a Ford, it is Ford employee pricing time right now. So you can go check that out. Get a deal that a Ford employee does. I used to work for said company, and I also got that deal. It's a real thing, people. Drive a new vehicle. Now, Cameron, this morning you wrote an article at OilersNation.com about the Pacific Division and how a lot of teams in the division are getting better, whereas the Oilers have gotten more of a volume play in terms of depth players. Can you walk us through who you think are the teams that have improved the most? I think the two very clear improvements made this year in the Pacific Division were kind of the teams middling around outside the playoffs with Edmonton, which are Vancouver and Arizona. The Coyotes went and they swapped Alex Galchenyuk for Phil Kessel. Kessel's kind of like your standard like 80-point guy. I mean, everybody in the mainstream media hates him for some reason. They say he eats hot dogs. He's bald. I don't know. People have a problem with him that he puts up fucking 80 points a year. I want to go on record and say I love hot dogs. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I think Phil Kessel is a wonderful role model for hot dog aficionados. I don't know how anybody like has a beef with that guy. He seems like the perfect everyman for hockey. It's like kind of like a grubby-looking dude, looks kind of <laughs> tired and pissed off all the time, but he still scores like thirty goals every year. Yeah, How is that not like a cool? He's guy? not one of those guys that spends the whole time in the gym either. No. Like, you know he's going out for hot dogs. Yeah, absolutely. He would have led the Coyotes by like thirty points. Their top year. scorer last year had nineteen goals. Top point getter had forty-seven points. So he was well above that. They also went and got Carl Soderberg, who eclipsed the twenty-goal camp, the twenty-goal plateau. 
The Coyotes were only, I think, five points out of the playoff spot last year, and they had a lot of injuries. A lot they of got, injuries. They got quite a bit better this offseason. Vancouver, they got better. They did. It kind of reminds me of like a Peter Torelli 2016 offseason in, in that it will help push them over the hump, but it's going to have a lot of ramifications long-term, like giving up a first for JT Miller, signing Tyler Myers to a big deal, but they still added, you know, like Myers is going to make them better. Miller is going to make them better. Jordy Ben's going to make them better. Michael Furlan's going to make them better. You get internal progression from Elias Patterson, all that. I think Vancouver now looks like a playoff team as well. And those are two teams that were already ahead of the Oilers. And now I think the jump to try and unseat one of Calgary, Vegas, or San Jose for a playoff spot becomes infinitely more difficult. What about those three teams you just mentioned? How'd they do? Um, I think San Jose made an interesting choice. They decided to keep Eric Carlson around. That resulted in them losing Joe Pavelski, but they ultimately are, you know, they're now moving forward with Timo Meyer and uh, Thomas Hurdle as their core, two good forwards. They're both great. The Flames, their offseason hasn't really gotten started yet. They haven't really done anything. They still have like four RFAs that are important. David Riddich doesn't have a deal. Sam Bennett doesn't have a deal. Matt Chuck doesn't have a deal. They have to do some maneuvering. So and we'll Magia Payne. Yes, Andrew Magnia Pangani doesn't have a deal. He's important. He scored the only game-winning goal for the Flames in the playoffs last year because, as you might remember, the Flames lost in five games to the number eight seed Colorado Avalanche. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that happened. Not Mike Smith's fault, though. Not Worth Mike Smith's fault. He was probably their best playoff performer. Worth last noting. Year. It's important to remember. Every time Flames fans want to make fun of us for having Mike, Mike Smith, it's important to remember he was their best playoff performer last year in the mm-hmm. five-game sample size that he was allowed to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other team is Vegas. They've backed themselves into a hell of a cap bind. They had to get rid of Eric Holla and Colin Miller, and they're still over the salary cap, so they probably have to get rid of somebody else. But they're still, I think, a playoff team. I think. So, now let's wrap up with our Edmonton Oilers. What was your thoughts on the Oilers, Cam? They, they like, like we mentioned, they added depth players so far. Yeah, they, they've, they've taken the conservative approach. On July 1, we saw a lot of ugly deals handed out. Gustav Nyquist got paid a lot of money. Eunice Donsko got paid a lot of money. The Oilers kind of got priced out of it. Ken Holland went conservative, added Granlund, who we talked about a bit, brought back Alex, the former answer Chiazon. Kind of went the depth route. They still have a little bit of money to maybe add one more guy. But to me, I don't think they got better than either Vancouver or Arizona did. I I mean, they were also behind Anaheim in the standings, and given the man games lost to injury Anaheim had last year, I don't know if they're better than a fully healthy Ducks squad next year. And I don't think they're in the conversation of the, the, the three playoff teams in the Pacific right now either. Rick, what do you think? It comes down to uh, depth scoring. Obviously, with the Gregor article we saw there a couple weeks ago, the Oilers are breaking uh, breaking records with the lack of scoring behind, say, the top three or four players. So as long as that's going to bring them back, you got a little bit stronger goaltending if your defense stays healthy all the time. I know we didn't bring anybody in, but I think there's a lot of room for just in the organization to, to uh, increase increase their value we're not going to have a zero goal guy this year i don't think we're going to have a toby reader i think uh are we are we ready to do the uh the, the game yet i think luch is going to put up close to 10 10 goals either you're going to get something out of luch you're going to get something out of what the reader was and then you never know what you have in a, in uh, some of the guys being brought over across the across the ocean tyler yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, obviously, the Oilers are banking on a lot of players having career years or having breakout seasons. Whereas and staying I, healthy. And, like, and my future healthy. answer, Joaquin Nygaard. Yeah. Like, a lot of those guys. Like, you know, you want Granlin to be what he was for that one year with the Sedins. You want Nygaard to hop over and be a 15 to 20 goal guy. How many guys from one of those European leagues, how many times does a guy jump over and immediately score 15 to 20 goals? Very, very rarely. So, I think the Oilers are betting on Gates a lot of guys. Haas. Having career years, whereas I like the points Coombe made. Like, yeah, the Canucks went out and got Myers and Miller and Furland in those moves that in two, three years won't look good. But if we're just talking about this year, it's hard to ignore the Canucks. And I like what they have between the pipes as well. Like, Jacob Markstrom's a good goalie. Thatcher Demko's a good up-and-coming goalie as well. Arizona's got a couple of great goaltenders as well. Um, it seems like a lot of the teams in the division are okay between the pipes as well. Like LA is going to be terrible, but they have Jonathan Quick still. I don't mind Cal Peterson or Jack Campbell either. Anaheim's going to be bad, but they have John Gibson at least. Whereas not only are the Oilers banking on breakout performances from their forward group, they're banking on a breakout or a comeback performance from one of their two goalies. So I just think with all the, like both of them, yeah, like I think they're 
the recipe isn't there for success. But again, with Connor McDavid, I think he still pushes them enough for me to have the Oilers ahead of the Ducks, the Kings, the Canucks still. I think McDavid pushes them past that. And I think they'll be in the conversation come February, but I just don't think they have enough. The top-end th- talent and then increasing and just getting a better depth guys behind you will improve the Oilers, just the point total alone. But goaltending alone will kill you. Yeah, and I don't think the goaltenders will kill them. As long as the defense stay healthy, I know right away you – it's tough to say I don't think it's going to happen. I just – Koskinen's going to be a little bit better, if not just kind of average. If we can get rid of the cold streaks – and Mike Smith come in and just kind of do what he did in the second half of last season. I just think that it comes back to our conversation from two weeks ago where we were talking about depth versus depth versus putting uh, putting your eggs in all in one basket. And I think we have a couple of lottery tickets that if we hit on one or two of them, we should be good. Koskinen, lottery ticket. There should be a bounce back there. Smith, lottery ticket. That he hopefully can bounce back from his regular season last year with the Flames and do something The second there. half was good. Yep. Uh, when it comes to Nygaard, you got Haas, you got Yurko, you got uh, Granlund, you've got Gagne, you've got all these guys on the team where any like one a, of those guys can do something. It's like half your roster is left. And don't well, just, forget, which, he's still on the roster. Milan Lucic. Yes, a Pugliarvi. Oh, yes. You don't know what happens there, man. I could very easily see him back here in September. His agent just needs to shut the hell up. Well, he just keep answering questions. People keep asking questions. It's... Well, he keeps agreeing to go on radio shows. Yeah, That's no, the I problem agree. with his agent. His agent needs to zip it. But back to the point about the lottery tickets versus going out and getting a sure thing. Like To me, this cements my point where you look at the lottery tickets they have. It's Jude Jarkera, Marcus Granlund. Um, Alex Chason isn't a lottery ticket, but it's still a gamble that he's going to get 20 goals again next season. Um, so those guys are all bets, and you can keep going. Like You're going to be running Colby Cave on your fourth line, Joachim Nygaard, Sam Gagne. You're hoping for a bounce-back season. Like there's so many ifs in there that I would have rather see them get an actual. You don't sign right Granlin because right now six. an extra 1.3 million that could have been the difference between you being able to put some more money in the Zingle basket and try to convince him, put some more money in the Connolly basket, try to bring him in, have a little bit more money left over to maybe go out and make a trade with someone. Like I, I think if they would have just ignored one lottery ticket and saved that money, they might have had enough for the $20 scratch ticket as I described it that week. Also, it really doesn't help to have $5.2 million in dead cap space for this year as well. They've got Brandon Manning, who's going to get buried in in Bakersfield. Sakara Bio, Pouliot still in the books for another two seasons, and then Eric Greiba at 300K on there. So that really hurts as well. Yes. It's not ideal. Those uh, those decisions don't make much sense. And, you know, we said they didn't at the time, and we got told. I kind of understood the Pouliot one just because you can't pay a guy playing third line, I guess, we're doing, it right, we're doing we're it right doing now. It right we're doing now. it right now anyway. So, yeah, you don't want to pay a guy $5 million to play where he was playing. But they never replaced the points. That was the issue. If you're going to buy him out, that's fine. But you need to go replace the points. And they never did it. Pouliot was, also was, had different roles, too. I mean, Pouliot was like a, like a good penalty killer. Yeah, no, well, listen, he was, there was a lot of positives to his game. But at the end of the day, $5 million or whatever he was getting paid, I understood why you wanted to get away from that. However... You need to replace the offense. And when you go and subtract that and everything else they subtract at the same time without replacing it, well, welcome to the hole we're in right now. Yeah, there was Pouliot, there was Eberle, there was a lot of offense that got taken off without being replaced, like Rick said. A lot of scratch tickets. I'm a big scratch ticket guy, but at the NHL, you kind of need some guarantees. And looking at the roster right now, courtesy of Puckpedia.com, there are a lot of question marks. And there are a lot of guys getting paid dollars that you just don't know what they're going to produce i mean could thomas yurko be the answer maybe he hasn't done it anywhere like kyle brodziak's still in the roster like is he even going to be here is he going to be waived is no, he's going to take gonna, him? Is I, he gonna I, he's going to be in the ahl i'm guessing looking around at the rest of the pacific where do you see the oilers finishing tyler said you have them above three teams cam i'll start with you since you wrote the article where do you see them finishing in the pacific? um I mean, it's so hard to say because the NHL is such a crapshoot, right? Like, there's so much parity. There's so much randomness. Like, the Blues were the last place team in the league on, like, New Year's, and they call it Bennington. Everything worked out. On paper, I think the Oilers are right there with Anaheim as the 6-7. But I think things can go wrong elsewhere. But I don't see them being any higher than 5th. 
I don't think they're better than San Jose, Calgary, Vegas, or Arizona at this point. I'm going to go ahead. I'm not going to put like a specific number on it. I'm just going to say they're going to be in the middle of the pack, whether that's four, five, six. It's going to be somewhere in that range. I Unless Ken Holland goes out and makes a trade, which he says he wants to get a 20-goal guy. Obviously, that's going to come via trade. Uh, we're going to talk about Ryan Dezingle signing elsewhere right away, but like he's got to get scoring in the top six to help either Nuge or Dreisaitl or whoever's centering that second line. Dan, where do you think they finish? I have them. I agree that they're not going to be as good as San Jose, Calgary, um, and uh, and probably Vegas. I I like what Arizona does, and and you look at their injuries from last year, and you're like, well, okay, that makes sense that they should be better. Um, I just I just have never been a believer in Arizona. I think four or five is probably a safe bet. You know, it, like we're all going to kind of say the same thing, where they're they're definitely not at the top echelon of the Pacific. They're definitely not the worst. Well, they're, they're not, not worse than the Kings. They're not worse than the Kings, except for maybe the goaltending. Um, Hopefully, yeah. So yeah, like a monster season, not a Dowdy Kopitar and uh, Jonathan Quick. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's and, true. And Kovalchuk is still there, right? The the Kings roster last year was the same one that made the playoffs the year before that, and it much. fell off a cliff. Yeah, last year. it fell off a cliff. Like things like this. NHL's got a lot of parity. Yeah. Things like, I mean, no. well, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen can be great, and that's pretty much the difference between you know. The Oilers' 2017 playoff run and the other teams they've had in the past two years. Cam Talbot was fantastic that year, and that was the difference. Yep. And I mean, if they get good goaltending, that's really what it comes down to. Yep. And if 100%. that's the case, they could easily finish like second or third in the Pacific. But they just need to make the playoffs. That's we, the that's the big thing. You got to remember, with every other team getting better, it's going to bring some of the front runners back to the pack. So as long as we can just keep our keep up our uh, battles in the in the division, Calgary's not going to have that many points if the, if some of the other teams in the Pacific aren't as easy to beat. I think it also depends a lot on how hungry they are. Perhaps even so hungry as to visit podcast sponsor skipthedishes.ca get themselves a nice Donair meal delivered right to their house mm. pregame. I don't know how a Donair would go pregame. Personally, I like it. Donair I am the is, picture of health. Donair is a postgame. Postgame Donair? Yeah, I can oh, pregame from, pasta? From after going like roughly a year eating one of those things once a week, don't 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 eat those things before doing physical activity. No, no, that's just like your reward at the end of it. Absolutely. You go out there and you play a good game. You had some hits. Your Corsi is it positive. Your Fenwick is also positive. You go on out to skip the dishes and you get yourself a Donair, late night Donair. Save some fries. Nice, real nice. Tyler's well, salivating right now. If you do it properly... You can order it as you're as you're leaving your late night venue, and by the time you get home, they're pulling right up for you. You sound like a man who has done this before. Maybe once. You get in your car, you wait at said restaurant, and you race the skip the dishes driver home. <laughs> you could do that, or you could just go in and pick it up, ah. and then you are your own skip the dishes driver. One of our last nation trips to uh, Calgary, once we got back here, I got in my vehicle, hopped on old skip, made my order. And yeah, I got there, you know, three or four minutes ahead of the driver, but it was it was a very nice timing. So you didn't just like go pick it up on the way home? No. <laughs> I, like I can order. I, I can order the because it was. I know where I went, and it was a Donair joint, ah. and I think I got the pizza. To be fair, mm. so I ordered it as I was driving. They can cook it, and by the time I get home, I park. I open my my suitcase. I put all the clothes in the laundry. Wham! There it is. I'm a fan of your M Chuck's race the driver idea though. That's a, I also like that too. I'm I'm a big fan of that. That seems like a fun time. Skip the dishes.ca supports that kind of behavior, I'm sure, no <laughs> doubt. Like a cannonball run? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Before free agency kicked off on July first, we had a good argument breakout at this table about whether or not the Oilers should go and try and sign a guy like Connolly, spend a little bit more money on him, or go with what they ultimately did go with a volume play. Obviously, Ken Holland went with a volume play. I was talking to Brock Sagan from Daily Faceoff. He's a wings guy. He said that's kind of Ken Holland's thing. He likes to pack the bottom six with options and then let them sort themselves out as training camp, preseason, whatever goes along. Looking now with the benefit of hindsight, what do you think of the approach? Ryan Dezingle, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, signed for 3-2-5 today. If you take Chase on out, you take Granlin out, that's the Dezingle money. How do you feel about it? I don't think the play was wrong. I just like the. I, I still like the objective of adding a handful of guys around. Like I didn't want them to just add a bunch of like nine hundred thousand dollar like crop players, but like 
I didn't necessarily want them to spend, you know, six, seven, eight or whatever million dollars on Chies on Graham and Mike Smith. I think you could have gone cheaper on the backup goalie, maybe not, you know, handed out so much performance bonus and then added, added like, I think if you were a little bit more patient, you probably could have gotten uh, like a Dzingel type uh, rather than the Chies on Gramland and then still had room for like maybe like a like a Perry or a Carr or somebody like that. Well, they still have the money to go and get your $3 million player. I know that does not leave him any money uh, to play with in the regular season, and he's already said he wants to have money uh, come the regular season. But he was in on Connolly. They were in on some of these type of players that Tyler and I wanted to bring in. Yeah. He took his chance. They uh, It wasn't the term or the money he wanted to give up, so he got out of it. Well, which is like a stark contrast from what we would have got from a previous regime where you know Peter Shirelli oh, would have just... He asked for A, we gave him A plus B, then a no movement. Well, now he's got a he's got a condo up in the Stantec building somewhere. Like it was nice. good to be a, a a free agent when when Pete was here. Yeah, like I give Holland credit for that. I think Shirelli would have gone at Connolly and been like four by four, first offer, sign it. He might have gone at Zingle if he missed out on Connolly and been like four by four. Here's the offer, sign it. So I give Holland credit for maybe having his price because we do know he checked in on these guys. Give him credit for having his price and maybe not budging off it. And hey, 100%. Florida wants to give the extra year term, then have Adder. I get the sense Zingle didn't want to be here at all. Um, his fiance or girlfriend is a pro golfer, and so him going to Carolina actually makes more sense than him being like, "Hey, sweetie, we're moving to Edmonton for the winter." Yeah, Doesn't but think Edmonton... about how good her uh, how good her short game would be if she got to play at Professor Wems every day. Do you know how hard that course is? Her short game would have been strong. She, but she's out there like chipping and stuff too, like chipping from the first hold, like the 16th. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think Zingle was ever in the conversation, a realistic target for them. Um, but I, I do agree with Cam to some extent as well. Like I'm on the fence about this where I think the money maybe could have been spent a little bit smarter, but I'm not upset at Ken Holland for not going out and making a big splash this summer because I think, and I wrote about this on the site, I think next summer is when we're going to see him do that. He has $26.5 million, assuming the cap goes up 2 mil, which it should. Talk about that a little bit, because you wrote about that this morning as well, talking about what the Oilers can look like next year, because they also have some some sizable contracts coming off the books as well. Yeah, they do. They have lots of sizable contracts. A couple of the buyout guys come off the books. Manning comes off the books. So if we assume the cap goes up 2 mil, it's going to be 26.5. They got three RFAs on the back end to sign. If you assume the high end for those, so let's say Nurse has another great year, so you've got, got to give him six by six, right? Yeah. Probably. That's on the high end. Let's say Benning has a bounce back year, so you got to give him, what, two and a half? Two and a half. Two and a half, so take two and a half off. Let's say Caleb Jones has a good year as well, so you got to give him Two-ish. one and a half. Yeah. Now you're looking at about $16.5 million. You need to get another backup goalie. Let's say it costs you three, so now it's 13 and a half. You want to bring back Cassian for two. Now you're at 11 and a half. Say you want to bring back one of Granlund or Gagne. One of them plays good this year, so you bring him back. So there's a chance that next summer Ken Holland has around $10 million to spend, and that's with leaving himself a little bit of wiggle room. So next summer, Ken Holland could be in a spot to go send out an asset and make a good impact on this roster. He'll have another year to look over things, not just at the NHL level, but at the AHL level as well. He'll have a better idea of what Bouchard and Samurakov and Jones and Bear and Benson and Yamamoto, what all those guys will be like so he can make deals with future assets maybe with a bit more of a clear mind. I just think next summer is such a prime spot for Holland to make a big splash. And the last thing I'll add on it is this summer, we saw a lot of teams tied up against the cap. A lot of teams had to make some tough decisions, selling off assets like Halla and Miller out of Vegas for pennies on the dollar. Well, if the cap only goes up two mil next season and teams are giving all their money to RFAs again, next summer might be identical. Yep. If the cap goes up a little bit, Holland could be sitting there with $10 million where not a lot of teams will have $10 million. And that could be his opportunity to pounce. So that's my rant on me being oddly okay with Ken Holland staying quiet this offseason. Uh, wouldn't it be nice for the Oilers to be the buy low end of a deal for once? This isn't an if, it's a when. On the right side of the other team having to give up a good player. That'd be sweet if the Oilers could be in the position that Carolina was in to get a first from the Leafs to take on Patrick Marlowe. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to have to be patient and I'm going to wait to see it to believe it. I've been hurt before, Rick. It's understandable. I've been hurt before. However, I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful. One thing that Tyler mentioned um, 
in his little going through there is how the Oilers are going to need a new backup next year, probably. I want to talk about Mike Smith. Gregor did an interview with him yesterday at OilersNation.com, and he asked him about what kind of relationship he plans to have with Miko Koskinen. I'm going to go on record again and say that I think Mike Smith is going to steal the job by January. Any takers on that bet? I think it's by November. Oh, shit. November? <laughs> okay, who plays? Who ultimately plays more games this year? Koskinen or Mike Smith? Mike Smith. I'm on Koskinen's side. Mike Smith. You were on Koskinen's side when he got here last I'm on Koskinen's side as well, actually. I, I'm banking on him improving a little bit. And I, at the end of the day, I think him coming in as the presumed number one will give him a bit of an edge. But I do think it'll be like 50 games for Miko, 32 for Smith. Do you think Which he walks the, in as the number one? Do you think that that pressure then, knowing that he's got to be number one, plus the fact he's got Mike Smith behind him? Who Remember is, Koskinen was so good last year. We didn't play for the first like month. And then he, you know, he was so good. And then he played every day and he was bad. He was really bad in uh, the preseason, though, remember? Yeah. He was, like, he was getting brutal. lit up in the he preseason. He looked just like lost and confused. It was and the ice, guys. It was the ice. Talbot started like the first like 29 games of the season and then Nico Koskinen finally got in on Christmas or whatever it was. Well, there's the question. Who starts the season as the starter? Because I could see, here's what I could see. I could see Koskinen coming in. This is going to be his job, but he has like, say, just a rough preseason where he's mediocre not bad or good and mike smith has a good one and he comes in and steals the job to start remember mike smith's the hot hand because of his great five playoff games with the flames who lost to the eight to the colorado avalanche mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he also has the better resume just in general he also the other thing with games played with him if we think he's going to play more games his bonus is entirely based on games played so if you others want to shrink that down I was just going to say that. I think that Holland structured that contract with Koskinen. So they can totally wanting to give Koskinen the, bonus, the yeah. spot. No, yeah. but if he gets his bonus, that's probably going to mean we're right close to the playoffs then. If not in, in that which case, it's worth it. Which is fine. Yeah, exactly. He's banking on the fact that he wants to inspire Smith to be better. But I think he's I think They ultimately he's going have the control day. over Smith as, yeah. Smith's bonus. Which like if they want to save some cash, then. We've That's, watched that. Well, with, the, the old regime definitely wasn't very good at that. Well, I was just going to say, we watched Al Montoya reach his, his uh, plateau of, uh, for that trade uh, by one game. Uh, so we had so to give up an extra round or lower round draft pick. leave. Draft pick. And then, yeah, uh, what's his face? Uh, Stolarz was oh. given. Uh, no, this is back of the year before when they did the same. Uh, Montoya and LB was. was oh, yeah. The organization that allowed Laurent Brassois to find out that they were, got a new backup goalie on the bench with everybody else yeah, in the crowd. Sc- I mean, that's a pretty impressive scoreboard, but I don't think that's where you're supposed to get that information from. No, you probably should have told the guy before. Wait, who's that guy? Al Montoya. Oh, he's, a, he's a goalie. That There's no way they got the goalie, right? I mean, I'm sitting right here and then, ah, son of a bitch. He didn't know who it was. So back to Mike Smith when Gregor asked him about what he expects the relationship to be like with Miko Koskinen. He says, I'm going to come in and I'm going to push Miko, but I'm also going to do my best to help him as much as I can as well. We're going to be on the same team and I'm sure we're going to be a competitive as a one-two combo, but we're all in it for the same reason and that's to get back into the playoffs and win a Stanley Cup. Whatever we can do to help each other out and to push each other, that's what we're going to do and help this team get to the next level. Tyler, you've been in dressing rooms before. How can goalies help each other? Uh, I, I think just by each being their best is like kind of lame and cliche and cheesy as that sounds, right? Like if Mike Smith is playing his absolute best and pushing Miko Koskin and Miko knows every single night that, hey, I got to go out there and I got to perform. There's no wiggle room because if I'm bad tonight, Smith's getting the next one. And Smith knows that, hey, if I don't play good tonight and this season, my NHL career is likely over. Um, so I think just that internal pressure you can apply on each other, but not letting it come out in like a fuck you, I'm taking your job type of thing. Just like, hey, if we both go out there and play good, at the end of the year, we're going to be happy. Because if Smith comes in and gives the Oilers 32 games of being a hell of a backup, he's going to find work again next season. And if Koskinen comes in and gives the Oilers 50 good starts or 45 good starts, maybe there's some stinkers mixed in there, but... If he comes out and plays like a good starting goalie, well, then he's starting to live up to his contract and he's established himself for next season as well. So I think it can be a mutually beneficial relationship between the two. Nothing would make me happier than Miko Koskinen coming in and being like, I learned really how to showing people that that contract isn't crazy. That's my wish. All he really universe. has to do is just try and take away 50% of those, of those shots that went over the glove. It's the new <laughs> NHL though where where goalies are not going to be playing more than 50 games in a, oh, in a season. Most teams, are t- most teams are two goalie teams. Though. There's 
They are. Yeah, but you still there's still a lot of big ticket guys out there. Oh yeah, for sure. But, but then, that's that's the dying trend though. Yeah, it's the like Chicago's it of the world where they sign Robin Lehner where they already have Corey Crawford, or it's the uh, like how many how many teams can we think of where there's just like a for sure number one guy and a shitty backup? Like probably what? ten. There's like the, the Leafs have a garbage backup, Tampa Bay, Florida. Because uh, they don't have a backup right now, do they? Oh, yeah, they don't. Because Bobrovsky's uh, their number Vegas. one. Vegas. Montreal. Montreal doesn't have a backup. Yeah. But yeah, like it's, it's still 10 it's to 12 the, it's teams the trend, out there though. that have the number one. It's just that it may be look like a trend right now, but I, I do not see that being a long term thing. I'd rather have two solid bets than just one, though. Like, would you rather spend $10 million on your Bobrovsky or have the goaltending tandem of Corey Crawford and Robin Lehner, which cost you the same? Like you're you're you you're you're more likely to be you know successful with two solid bets. Right? Talking depth versus yeah, it's all about depth. Well, I mean, NHL's a depth league. Yeah, I mean you could one injury ruins yes. Florida's run with Bobrovsky. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like yep. we saw with Carey Price, Montreal exactly. Bag milk. Yeah, no, hundred percent. If 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 Marc Andre Fleury goes down next year, there's no way the Golden Knights make the playoffs. Yep. Not, well, not. I guess that's not true because two years ago they well, went did get nineteen goaltenders. They had every single fine. goalie in the end. Fucking that twelve-year-old that was playing in Bantam AAA, and he yeah. got called up to play on we the team. We tore him up, though. Yeah, was lit him we up. murdered him. Is that going to be his only NHL game? I would imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> he was like seventh, sixth, or seventh string at that point. That was Don't a rough. Look. We had one of those defensemen ourselves here. Uh, Bag Milk would definitely remember this, but Sebastian Basalion. Oh, on. he was a uh, emergency recall from yeah, junior. Exactly. I yeah. Pretty sure that was his only game. That's sweet too. Like yeah. you're coming to play in the show tonight. I'm what? <laughs> the Oilers did that with Bogdan Yakimov not that long ago. He was like in his draft plus one year, and he was like a fifth round pick that got called up and played one game. Never he was the game. body type you wanted back then. I was I was really hopeful. He was a I unit. Was someone. He was a big kid. Speaking of body types that I want, Rick. Yes, sir. I want. <laughs> looking at Tyler right now. <laughs> I'm looking at Mamala. Tyler right now. He is very very sexy. Why? Because he is always not chasing his skip the dishes driver with his car. He is running after the car. That keeps him trim and tight and fit and Lead ready the for the beach. Because Tyler loves skipthedishes.ca and he loves racing his his skip delivery driver home. What is happening? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We've got 15 minutes left in this thing and I'm it's just going to shut Friday. it down. It's Friday. We've got Nation Night at the out. ballpark coming up. It feels like it's summer. I was just going to say, I'm very excited to experience this summer in like mid-July, mid-August. Like, it, it, I'm excited to see where we take this. Accidental Beach? Is that where you're taking your Skip the Dishes dad bod? I was actually, we could do a podcast from the Accidental Beach, maybe. That'd be really nice. I wonder if Skip the Dishes could deliver us some delightful foods down there. Maybe a nice taco. We could throw a baseball over the river. Yeah, we got to throw a baseball over the river. Tyler's very passionate about Yo, this. Yo, man, I've been eyeing that up. I can get a baseball across the river. Kay. Where are you looking so. at it, though? Okay, what's like, more? Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. Where are like, you looking right at Right over here. Like, right down by Little Brick. By the accidental beach. Well, see, that's where I said, too. If you go out on the beach, technically, you're still on the river, and you chuck it over easy. But you're in the middle of the river. No, no, no. See, I think I can go beach. Beach is beach, man. Beach is beach. Bank to bank. Beach is beach. Bank to bank, I can do it, man. Okay, what's more likely? It came out this morning that 12% of Twitter users think that they could uh, win a win a one in eight men. Sorry, yet yeah, responding to a poll, think that they could outplay or win a no, win they a could game, win a point or win a point against Serena Williams in a tennis match. Shut God up. no, that's nope. why I said there's nope. no chance. Zero I, chance. Like we were asking, we were asking, she double faulted. We were asking if I, she could, if you could return one of her serves no, legally. No, um, like, no. The one thing I'll say, steal a line from Drake. I could maybe get a point off Serena if she was playing with her left. Maybe in the course of a whole three or she would definitely double fault doing it. She would double fault at some point you think doing a left, or I'd be able to like charge the net and maybe get a lucky bounce. So what do you th- what do you think would be I'm gonna go a different hypothetical. What do you think would be more likely to be like where do you think you would be more likely to be successful? Standing at the plate, facing a major league pitcher who's throwing gas at you. Who's the pitcher? Is it good? Like He's a good, a good pitcher. Let's say ninety-five miles an hour. Okay, throwing heat at you, or so you got to hit the ball and get it in play. No bunts. And no bunts. Do Second, you have to like get safely to first. Like it has to be 
a reasonable. No, single. this is like pros versus Joe's stuff. You just gotta hit the ball in the in the play. But like, you gotta make yeah. contact to a spot where it's not in like play. a little dribbler. You no, know it's gotta be in play. It doesn't skip off right in front of you and bounce out. What's more likely, you hitting a major league pitcher or being able to return a serve from a tennis star and have that go in play? This is a very very easy answer because there's no difference between zero and zero. Like, there's no chance I'm doing either. <laughs> I think you're... But literally, there's no chance you're doing... First of all, the pitcher, at 66 and whatever the hell it is, if you blink, it's gone. Well, yeah, we were talking about that too. So, the, like, a couple of years ago... You're I was not in a doing either. Cage. I was in a batting cage, and I had it set at, like, 60 or something, and I was hitting it okay. So, I ramped that bitch up to 100 miles an hour, and as soon as you saw it hit the wheel... It was gone. It was already That's hitting insane. the back Yeah, it's behind you. you. Like you honestly have a better chance at closing your eyes and swinging based on a rhythm than you That's would why I standing think, there. Okay, I think baseball is more realistic because the thing with tennis that makes it difficult is if you have someone gunning their, you know, Serena Williams comes in, does her like massive serve and you hit it back, even if you make okay contact and you time it properly, you're not getting it in that box. No. Whereas at least with baseball, you can close your eyes, chuck the bat out there and like maybe get a bat on it and have it just like dribble down the line. Maybe like one in a thousand times that might happen. Can't take one in a thousand but times. You're not. Returning. But essentially, we're looking at just two versions yeah. of zero chance. You're basically at looking all. at like a slight version of like random luck. Like, what are you? Like, what are your chances better of winning the Lotto Max or the uh, Lotto <laughs> Six Forty Nine? Maybe this is an idea for next time we do a Nation Night at the ballpark. Like some of those prospect guys I've been watching, they can throw in the mid eighties. Oh, that is definitely. Yeah, no, that is. We will definitely consider that as Look, the top, and we can find a, a tennis player too. I'm sure. What, what do you think, Tyler? Would you do you like your chances standing, staring down a pitcher, yeah, 95 mile an hour gas, or trying to return a serve? To be fair, Tyler's basically a professional athlete because he scores <laughs> a three point per game pace in the Edmonton Rec Capital Hockey League. This is true. So this is um, go ahead. Like the one, the one thing I'll say for me, like I grew up playing like a fairly high level of baseball yeah see there's my there's my flex you knew the flex was coming oh no so i also played coach pitch like naturally i feel like i'm more confident my ability to play baseball than tennis but like 95 coom was saying that like you might be able to square it up no like you're not even but like i even think like just taking a random hack at it like your if your body isn't like tuned to being a ball player and understanding like, yeah, you need to understand what it's like to actually turn on a pitch that fast. Like, I remember playing ball and guys would throw 70 and I couldn't even, like, you you touch it and it's just a foul ball every time and you're tipping it back. Like, you're not strong enough. But even a one-handed return from Serena would probably knock the – would knock right. it the, yeah. right out of my hand. Rocket. Like, I've played yeah. some tennis. You have some fun. And you think it's going to be easy. You're like, man, that was tough. Yeah. Like, that ball's coming in so fucking hard. Like when you go to hit it back, she'd knock it should knock the racket right out of my hand. The only There's thing no I would, no way it'd be two handed. Maybe I could. The only thing I would say about the baseball versus tennis thing is just literally just surface area. Yeah, and that's the, what I was. The racket say. has more surface area, but and is a flat to a round. Not so just round to add another layer to this, Dan, before we continue, yeah. Serena's top serve. Oh dear God! One twelve. At the at the at the most recent open was one hundred and twenty two miles. An okay, hour. all right. And that's and now I was gonna I was just gonna add to that too is that it's a bounce right like it's not it's not like you just have that coming at you and you're trying to line up yeah. to it that is bouncing off the turf and you have and more then time you to react to that it too. too though for, oh, yeah. for our Canadian uh, listeners of all of you that like to think in metric that would be 196 kilometers an hour. I remember talking to my girlfriend and being like something about uh, humble brags all over this place. I know. Baseball star, (laughs) girlfriend. We were watching a Jays game and Vlad hit one like 160 miles an hour with the bat. And she was like, oh, that's weird. Like, there's no way that's right. And I was like, no, that's absolutely like, right. Like, what are you talking about? And she was like, well, what? They're not even like, they can't even throw more than 60 or 70. So how is he hitting it that hard? And I had to like pull up videos. And be like, no, like they are throwing that fast. She's like, there's no way they throw it faster than I take my car. And it was like, no, like for a non-sports fan to like wrap your head around just how fast that thing is moving is like a lot. So if you're listening to this right now, I want to know what you think is more likely for you personally, the listener. Could you square up a baseball coming at you at a hunt at 95 miles an hour or return one of Serena's serves at 122 miles an hour? And, oh. place, and place it within the court legally. 
Not just not just connect with it, but get it back. Well, can I at least have the double score it then? <laughs> yes. Thank you. We'll give you the double score. Thank you. I'll if I'm playing score. Serena and I get, if I'm going to try and put up a point, I get the handicap of the balls allowed to bounce three times in <laughs> my area. Yeah, yeah and I get to be like too, no 60 problem. feet back. And, and if I hit it over and it touches the ground, then that's a point for me. <laughs> I played tennis. In the box. I played tennis Not with double some buddies. Bounce, just, one, just, just hit the ground. I played <laughs> tennis with some buddies. And I hit it over the fence so many times, like the back fence. Your angle—it's all about the angle of the of the of the racket, man. It's, dude, it's tough. There is no way one in eight it people can honestly believe that they would return a well, serve. Are, and so it's getting dumb. a point. It's not even like we're lowering the standard there. We're saying return a serve. See, I, I these guys hope, are talking about winning a point. I hope right, that, you're not winning a point. Like I hope that these people think that like okay, I can get a point just based off of like bullshit and luck. Like she's in a double fault, or you know like. I don't know, hit it out or some shit. Like she's trying to fuck me up and hits it really hard and it like just narrowly goes out or some shit. But if anybody actually thinks they can like return a serve and like complete a volley with fucking Serena Williams and like you. But her controlled serve crack, is like 150 man. kilometers yeah. an hour. Like I want to give. 150s are controlled. I want to probably put that in a goddamn pop can if she wanted to. I want to give the internet more, more people are like, so belief, stupid. but I oh, think that no, because no, no, it's no. more don't men anything. than anything. That I just believe it's men thinking that they can do it. Like, like you're right, Coom. If 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 somebody looks at it like logistically and says like, yeah, she could double fault against me, you know, whatever. That's maybe that makes sense. But it's a bunch of dudes saying that they could get a point on. I'm, I'm imagining guys just like sitting down there drinking like a Gatorade in their boxes in their basement, being like, <laughs> "Did oh, you yeah. guys not watch Pros vs. Joes?" Oh, buddy, I that used to love that. This versus is Jeff. this is so Pros vs. Joes, man. But but in like. <laughs> Pros versus Joes, they they geared it towards more like having the Joes actually be able to do something. Well, there was the not Joes a lot of DNS. Well, it, relatively athletic yeah. too. Yeah. Right. They weren't just yeah, uh, internet guys like the rest of us. Yeah, they were a bunch of like college flameouts and stuff. Yeah. Well, and because uh, honestly, I'm not a moron. I could, I wouldn't be standing there staring down Serena Williams and be like, I fucking got this. Kay. No problem. <laughs> Hypothetical. If you could be a stand-in and you had to play a full season, you're playing every single game. Um, of a season for the four major North American sports, NHL, NBA, MLB, or NFL, which one do you think you'd be the least brutal at being a part of? Oh, well, easy I, for me is uh, hockey is because I get I can at least play hockey. I got to say football for sure just because I got the uh, I got the body size for it. Like if I if I'm playing football and I'm a receiver, do I just never oh. get the ball thrown to me, right? Like but then you're such a liability like the thing is is you're accounting for like how much of a liability you are. So Imagine you have to start every single game. So say you're starting every each 16 NFL games, you're one of the wide receivers Can't, on the field. I want, I want to amend your question a little bit because I'm going to stick with hockey because I've played a lot. Let's take out whatever whatever you're best at. Whatever you think you're best at, take that one out. So for me, I would take out hockey, so that would leave baseball, football, and what was the other one? Basketball. Okay, I'm going to say I would say baseball because I think I could take a couple of good shots of like the shoulder. <laughs> get on base at least. <laughs> <laughs> I, I with baseball as well. <laughs> just because like I'm confident enough in my abilities to catch fly balls and like chase down one in the gap fairly quickly. At bat, yeah, at bat they're just accepting the fact I'm either walking, I'm bunting and just putting one in play and like moving over runners or like just doing something like that. Like batting I'm an absolute liability, but I think like football I would be dead after the first game. I'd get murdered. It, NFL football's out immediately because just like you, you, you die. No, see, and no. I'm going with NFL football. You're gonna I, go with I NFL think football. you could find a position in there. Because that's what I was going with. I am the long snapper, and I do a good job. Okay, well, like... And I fill everybody's water bottle. Oh, no, dude, long snapper, you do not want to be that. You'll be, you get penalized. You're a, you are head down yeah. as all these guys are lined up in front of you. And then it's about snapping the ball, picking your head right, up, fine. and every not kick would trampled. get blocked. However, <laughs> however, they can they can they can hide you on the field. Your somewhere. team wouldn't execute a single extra point conversion if you were the long snapper in a sixteen game. They just go. I for feel it every like time. I could learn point? how to be oh, a long maybe. snapper, long snapper, or maybe a place kicker. I could punt. We haven't yet talked about what it would be like to just be a random fifth guy on an NBA team. Oh, that'd be sweet. Wait, off the bench, I'm coming in off the bench, man. The only reason basketball—I'm not gonna say basketball—is because everyone's I'm like seven feet tall. tall. Yeah, like well, imagine can, being in the paint I can and you play. try and do a layup, <laughs> and Anthony Davis comes down with his arm that's the size of your fucking body and just smashes the ball into you, and you're like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" <laughs> well, it's crazy to think too, like 
and it's a good question, Bag Milker, a, kind of a good caveat there because like you look at like a Michael Jordan where he went from basketball where he's amazing to baseball, and the guy the guy hit two oh two in the in the minors. Yeah, like he was minor. he was like he was serviceable. I'm not saying that that's a great stat line to have, but that's not like a I'm not ashamed for did Michael. He, yeah, Jordan. but did he grow up uh, playing any baseball? Yeah. Right, so yeah, I'm assuming. What he about was Neon Dion, man? Kid. He made it work. Oh, buddy, that guy was that guy was great. Him and uh, him and Bo. Yeah, man. Oh, All Bo cool. knows. Bo knows. Go ahead, Tyler. You gonna say something? No. You got excited with my Michael Jordan reference. Rick, what was your uh, what was your position? If you're not playing hockey, what is it? I think you have to go with uh, with baseball, just because yeah, you can catch the ball. But even when you're even when batting, even if you just leave the uh, the bat on your shoulders. Or maybe uh, I could be a pinch runner. You guys all think baseball's so easy. No, I don't no, think no, baseball's think, easy at all. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm trying the, to think of the no, thing that the, I could possibly I'm contribute. I'm keeping the bat to. on my shoulders and hoping the pitcher throws uh, four balls before three strikes. I'm trying to think of the only possible thing in baseball I could do to help. That actually contribute. reminds me. There's this situation and um, there's a YouTube video, but it's so funny. Or like, you can try and bunt. It's the uh, there's a, there's a, this Florida Marlins reliever who's pitching, who's uh, batting in a game, and the team's already down by ten, and like. He just stands there with his bat on his shoulder and gets walked in four pitches because the, the other pitcher's aim is so bad. In every, so in every movie, that's exactly how it goes. See, that's what I would need to happen Little to Little big league. Could you imagine like going out to plate in front of like 40,000 people and they're just like... Well, yeah, because the question was, what would you be the least embarrassed at? Okay. And so that's baseball. I, I, this just came up on my Instagram, but they floated this today on 1260, the idea of being able to hit a rally off Serena. And this was one texter's opinion. So you want to think those people aren't out there? You hope they aren't? Oh, Go ahead. You ready for this? I love the text line. Way to stand up for Serena. That's very nice of you. But let's look at the facts. The best women's hockey team in the world, the Canadian national team, routinely plays practice games against midget teams. And midget teams do very well against our great ladies. So if you ask the question, could an average man take a couple points off a very good 17-year-old? The answer is absolutely. The best level of women's sports is the rough equivalent to that of our best high school boys. I could absolutely take a few rallies off Serena. I wouldn't be able to touch Novak Djokovic. No, let's. Oh do you God. have this guy's info? I will pay for his plane ticket to fly him yeah. wherever the fuck he I has to go. I want to see, see, see it. Oh, the, like one of the Again, best. Again, I want to repeat. 122 miles an hour. I love how he, how confident he was. I want Serena to read that. I want her to sit down. I want her to stretch. I want her to warm up like she normally would. Mm-hmm. And I want her to put it so far down that guy's fucking throat. The best thing from, I think it was the NFL playoffs last year. Yeah. After dude uh, for the Bears or somebody missed that field goal. There was like a, there was a news channel that went out and found all these people that were tweeting shit at the guy being like, you're such a bum. You're such a plug. And they set up a fake field out in the middle of the street. It was out by gathered a bar. A crowd. It was out by a bar. Yeah. You, you went to the bar. You could try and make 30. Gathered a crowd and they made every one of these Twitter idiots line up and with no, you know, no massive 40,000 people crowd in front of them. They had to try and nail the field goal, and guys were like shanking it into the heads of people next to them. Of course, like, Broberg would have nailed it. The it was Samarikov. Samarikov. Um, the, the one thing I want more than Serena to go up in a match against this guy and like stretch and all that, I just wanted to do it in street clothes, just to be like, "You're a bum." Yeah, I don't even fair. need to try. I'm not yeah, yeah. stretching. I'm not warming up. I'm wearing jeans right now. You idiot. See, I like I like Rick's uh, scenario though, where just she really humbles the guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I want to know. I want to so far beyond humbling him. Like I want this guy to be in like a in a plastic fucking room for the rest of his life because of (laughs) that. But the people talk like this, they really need to be straightened out. No self awareness, man. Like the confidence that the guy talked about. He's like, oh well, I can return your 190 mile an hour fucking serve because women's hockey teams play against. And then I want to see him. Apparently, midget AAA teams are just random idiots on the streets, man. Like. No. His comparison of going from a, a top-flight female hockey team playing a mid-flight men's hockey team versus a top-flight female tennis player playing a guy off of a couch is just like comical. If, if the argument became, could a star-level high school male tennis player get a point off of Serena Williams, I would say probably. Because they know how to play the game. Yeah, sure. And it's the same thing with the midget AAA hockey players against the women's yes. team. It's like, yes, those are also really good male athletes. We are random idiots, and no, we can't do it because we're not good at these sports. Yeah. And they are incredibly good. Yes. Uh, to wrap up today's podcast, gentlemen, you can't hit 
Serena Williams said, it's not going to happen. You can't rally with her. It's not going to happen. You're a fucking idiot. Put some skates on, too, because I'd love to see a couple ladies out there to destroy you on the ice. 100%. Also, uh, Oilers brought in Archie Anderson. He's a pro scout. And Tyler Wright, amateur scout. Everybody saw those coming. I just like Archie Anderson's name. So I'm going to end off by saying Archie Anderson. Thank you to Skip the Dishes and to Sherwood Ford for making this all possible. Thanks for listening. Please tell a friend. Please share. Please retweet. Do all that. Have a good weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.